Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Give them a try. Give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including Keith Flaws, a guest. He's going to be, uh, he's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining us, as well as the former mayor of Naples, uh, Bill Barnett. It is December the 15th, and on this day in 1791, following ratification of the state of Virginia, the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution known collectively as the Bill of Rights, became the law of the land. In September 1789, the first Congress of the United States approved 12 amendments to the U.S. Constitution and sent them to the states for ratification. The amendments were designed to protect the basic rights of U.S. citizens, guaranteeing the freedom of speech, press, assembly, and exercise of religion, the right to fair legal procedure and to bear arms, and that those powers not delegated to the federal government would be reserved for the states and the people. Influenced by the English Bill of Rights of 1689, the Bill of Rights was also drawn from Virginia's Declaration of Rights, drafted by George Mason in 1776. Mason, of course, a native Virginian, was a long, lifelong champion of individual liberties, and in 1787 he attended the Constitutional Convention and criticized the final document for lacking constitutional protection of basic political rights. In the ratification struggle that followed, Mason and other critics agreed to support the Constitution in exchange for assurance that amendments would be passed immediately. On December the 15th, 1791, Virginia became the 10th of the 14 states to approve 10 of the 12 amendments, thus giving the Bill of Rights the majority of state ratification necessary to make it legal. Of the two amendments not ratified, the first concerned the population system of representation, while the second prohibited laws varying the payment of congressional members from taking uh, effect until an election intervened. The first of these two amendments was never ratified, while the second was finally ratified more than 200 years later in 1992. My opinion, uh, congressmen make too much. They uh, and they uh, uh, want to get in a position to stay in office as opposed to serve the country for a couple of terms. Got to change the terms of that, in my opinion. Well, the Federal Reserve continued to battle against inflation by raising its benchmark interest rate to the highest level in 15 years. The Federal Open Market Committee voted to boost the overnight borrowing rate half a percentage point, taking it to a targeted rate between 4.25 and 4.5 percent. Along with the increase came an indication that officials expect to keep rates higher through the year with no reductions until 2024. President Joe Biden said the U.S. inflation rates are falling and that prices would return to normal by the end of next year. No, I don't think so, Joe, but nice try. Inflation has been skyrocketing since mid-2021, which experts attribute to the trillions of dollars in government stimulus spending a supply chain crisis, an imbalance in the demand caused by COVID-19 lockdowns, Moscow's invasion of Ukraine, and higher energy prices. Pretty much self-inflicted that one. 
U.S. Uh, consumer prices rose less than expected in November for the second time in a row, with the smallest annual increase in inflation in nearly a year, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and uh, Consumer Price Index on December the 13th. The uh, latest news on inflation provides some reason for optimism for the holiday season, and I would argue for the year ahead, said Biden for the White House on December the 13th. In a world where inflation is rising to double digits in many major economies around the world, inflation is coming down in America. Consumer price, prices rose 7.1% in November from the same month last year for the lowest rate of growth. Since December 2021, it declined from 7.7% increase in October. So it's good news to see that it's coming down, but 7.1%, that's a lot of inflation. Of course, the target is 2% for the Fed, so... Uh, we'll continue to see these interest rate increases uh, and probably until the end of 2022. The House of Representatives on Wednesday approved a stopgap one-week funding bill, a move intended to give the lawmakers more time to pass a bill to fully fund the federal government through fiscal year on September 30th, 2023. The stopgap measure, known as the continuing resolution, is needed to avert a partial shutdown of federal agencies that would otherwise begin on Saturday. It passed 224 to 201, largely along party lines, with nine Republicans voting for the measure. So while the incoming House Republican majority is urging Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to hold leverage on Democrats' spending agenda before the new Congress, the leader is closing on a deal with the Democrats anyhow. Instead of pushing a continuing resolution until after Republicans hold the House after January the 3rd, McConnell said a deal on the year-long government funding bill is getting close. I think we're very close to getting an omnibus appropriations bill, he said to reporters on Tuesday. Uh, Senator Rand Paul said Wednesday that Republicans had emasculated themselves by agreeing to a framework for an omnibus spending bill to fund the government through 2023. Paul said... This brings us to the lie that the Republicans really are fiscally conservative. The Democrats aren't. They they don't pretend to be uh, fiscally conservative. Not one of them is here to give a darn about the debt. The Republicans all profess to be, but when you make them vote on the pay-go resolution, pay-as-you-go, that we can't have new spending without offsetting it, then uh, that always uh, votes is exempt uh, for it. So the omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get it two hours before they want to pass it. No one's going to read it, but hidden in 3,000 pages, we'll be going into wave pay-go. He added, it wouldn't take 41 votes. It would take 41 votes, rather. 41 votes would stop the big spending. If 41 of us said no and held our ground until there was a compromise, we could force Democrats to reduce spending. We have completely and totally abdicated the power of the purse, Republicans are emasculated, they have no power, and they are unwilling to gain that power back. So glad that he said that. Mitch McConnell, of course, in my opinion, he's got a a trend here of selling out, compromising uh, with the Democrats and all this spending, and uh, somebody's going to take a stand sooner or later. Uh, Mitch McConnell, quite frankly, I think uh, we need a changing of the guard. New broom sweeps clean. Uh, Mitch McConnell called for a former President uh, Donald Trump for the GOP's poor midterm performance. Our ability to control primary outcomes was quite limited in 2022 because of the support of the former president proved to be very decisive in these primaries. 
he told reporters. If he expects to take uh, a more active role in choosing candidates in 2024 cycle, so my view was, do the best with the cards you're dealt, said uh, McConnell. McConnell's most direct rebuke of Trump came one week after Herschel Walker, a Trump-endorsed candidate in Georgia, lost runoff against uh, Warnock. In my opinion, it's actually McConnell who sold, sold out and kept the Senate GOP in the minority. He withdrew support from Arizona's Blake Masters and uh, support from rhinos like uh, Lisa Murkowski. You know, his, he manipulated funds in order to get the elections the way they were. This really comes down to a battle between institutional rhino Republicans and the MAGA Make America Great group. It's going on right now, battle within the Republican Party. Well, uh, Senate Joe, Senator Joe Manchin is joining his colleagues from Texas and asking President Joe Biden to extend an order that will prohibit illegal immigrants from crossing over the southern border. Under Title 42, immigrants, typically from Mexico and Central American countries, are released usually within 24 to 48 hours after screening. A federal judge, a judge overturned the policy on November the 15th. Manchin, along with Senator John Cornyn and Representatives Henry Cuellar, and Tony Gonzalez sent a letter to Biden on Tuesday stating that five weeks from uh, November 15th to December 20th is completely inadequate to prepare for an influx of immigrants, especially with the invalid claim of asylum or relief. So hopefully that letter will have some impact. Probably not. The Biden administration is taking Arizona to court over, now get this, over the makeshift border wall Republican uh, Governor Doug Ducey has constructed in the wake of the historical levels of illegal immigration on the southern border. The suit was filed Wednesday, pertains to the placement of shipping containers along the border that the Biden administration argues trespasses on federal lands, according to the Associated Press. Not only has Arizona refused to halt its trespasses and remove the shipping containers from federal lands, but it is indicated it will continue to trespass on federal lands and install additional shipping containers as a result, the United States brings this action to obtain appropriate relief from Arizona's unlawful continuing trespasses and invasions of U.S. paramount sovereign property rights and interests under the U.S. Constitution, the lawsuit claimed. Isn't that just, can you imagine the United States government suing a state because it tried to somehow protect us from border invasion from uh, Mexicans and uh, Central Americans? It's just unbelievable. Ducey sued the Biden administration in October for its failure to protect the southern border, maintaining that the state of Arizona has a right to defend itself as it could not rely on the federal government to ensure its security. Unbelievable. The safety and security of Arizona and its citizens must not be ignored. Arizona is going to do the job that Joe Biden refuses to do, secure the border in any way it can. We're not backing down, Ducey said. As the uh, year comes to a close, Ducey will have to step aside for Democrat-elect Katie Hobbs, who has already spoken out against the makeshift border wall and has vowed to remove it. Can you believe that? And she stole the election. Hopefully, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see a, a, her election overturned. Certainly, the lawsuits were filed in time. And another story, but uh, Katie Hobbs deciding say she will tear down the wall that uh, Ducey's established. The ongoing crisis at the border has seen more than 2.3 million migrant encounters in 2022 alone. 2.3 million. Astounding. 
or more damning evidence of collusion between the CDC and the social media companies to stifle free speech and censor the public was revealed in the fourth batch of explosive documents obtained from litigation against the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released by a not-for-profit organization, America First Legal. Twitter allowed government officials and other stakeholders to use a secret portal called Partner Support Portal to report anything they believed to be misinformation. Previously, back in July 2021, uh, Dr. Shiva and I can't pronounce this correctly, Ayudurai, and his investigation where he uncovered Twitter's partner support portal. Dr. Shiva discovered that Twitter uh, built a special portal, a portal offered to certain government entities so that the government officials can flag and delete c- content they dislike for any reason as part of what they call the Twitter partners, partner status. <laughs> now there's more evidence to back up this According to documents obtained by the AFL, one government employee was enrolled in the portal through his own personal Twitter account. Other publicly available documents indicated that the Facebook had had adopted a similar strategy for censoring content uh, concerning rigged elections. Can you believe this? Just unbelievable that the government's participating in censorship through Twitter and through uh, Facebook. According to AFL, this production also reveals that the United States government was actively working to socially inoculate or brainwash the, the public against anything that threatens its narrative. It did so by using aligned big tech corporations to monitor and manipulate users for the purposes of censoring unapproved information and pushing government propaganda. For example, Facebook sent written materials to the CDC in which it bragged about censoring more than 16 million pieces of content containing opinions or information the U.S. government wanted to suppress. The documents reveal that the CDC was collaborating with UNICEF, WHO, uh, IFCN members, and uh, leading civil society organization Mafindo to mitigate disinformation. Mafindo is a Facebook third-party fact-checking partner based in Indonesia that is funded by Google. That is just unbelievable. Again, uh, we need to correct this. We need to have free speech in America, and right now we've got the uh, government collaborating with big tech in order to censor and suppress freedom of speech. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up. Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Lulubee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, Florida Citizens Alliance is a not-for-profit organization. Uh, We started back in about 2000. 13, I guess. You were part of that, actually. Yes, I was. And, and we uh, focus on K-12 through education, um, just trying to unleash the learning potential of each and every child in Florida. Uh, we fight the indoctrination. Uh, we're p- working hard for expanding school choice options for parents and, of course, parental rights. So those are just a few of the things that uh, keep us off the street at night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and up and back and forth between Tallahassee, I will say, I just really admire the work that you and Pastor Rick Stevens have done to build this organization and have such positive impact on the quality of education in public schools here in the state of Florida. So uh, I just encourage our listeners to go to go to goflca.com. Goflca.com is the website. So uh, we had our elections, and uh, how are things going now post-elections? Well, uh, the old saying, uh, elections have consequences. Um, We, the collective we, the conservative we, the concerned parents and grandparents uh, here in Florida, flipped six school districts and, of course, had a number of wins that uh, didn't actually flip the school districts. But uh, now we're beginning to see some significant change. Um, Sarasota County just fired their superintendent, who'd been there for just two years, uh, Brevard County, I believe, did as well. Broward County is uh, in the process. And, of course, Collier County uh, didn't fire their uh, superintendent, Patton, but uh, she had uh, announced she was going to be retiring in 
in June. And so her last day, she took uh, administrative leave, and her last day was uh, a couple of days ago at the school board meeting. So uh, elections do have consequences. Lots of people were upset with uh, uh, Kamala Patton's departure this way. Uh, I would argue uh, that, again, elections have consequences, and the reason uh, it was time for her to go uh, was the results. So many people believe the propaganda of how great our schools are, but in fact, 40% of our kids here in Florida in Collier can't read and do math at grade level. Mm -hmm. And uh, only 25% of our third graders can read at a proficiency level four or five. And yet we're graduating 93%. You know, everybody believes the propaganda that we're an A school system, and that goes back to Jeb Bush days when we put all of our school districts on a curve. And uh, most people don't realize this, but 62% or better on eight different factors uh, is an A. Yeah. Uh, in my day, that was an F. Yeah. So, well, um, we're the we're the best of the unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some truth to that. So that's just unfortunate. With Camel Patton, you know, to her credit, she lasted, I think, 11 years here in the school district. Most superintendents of schools uh, last three or four years before being replaced or moving on. So yeah. she she was a politically astute player, but quite frankly, no quite frankly, in my opinion, she uh, did not move us forward when it comes to class quality liberal education, quality classical education uh, here in the county of Florida, or uh, uh, Collier County. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, to have her uh, hang around in a uh, for the next uh, five months, uh, just uh, you know, it just didn't bode well for. Um, and another old saying: There's a new sheriff in town, and so the new the, the new school board has a serious uh, responsibility and task uh, to fix these issues that I just highlighted. And so, uh, having Cam, uh, Cam Patton stick around and influence, uh, you know, what the, the uh, I'm going to call it the, the, the deep state. That's uh, some people won't like that, but the deep state of of uh, administrators do. Um, just yeah. didn't make any sense. It just didn't make any sense at all. So I know you're a nonpartisan organization, and, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I think the assistant superintendent of schools stepped in to fill that slot until the uh, Collier County School Board makes a decision on the permanent replacement. Uh, can you comment on? on uh, can you make any comments about the about her replacement? Uh, I don't. I'm not, uh, I don't think I've ever met the lady. Um, I was actually from. Uh, uh, promoting the notion of bringing in an interim superintendent that was outside the school district yeah, uh, so that they could really uh, start to make some significant changes and not saddle those needed changes on, on the next superintendent. So uh, we'll see how it works out. Um, I mean, Kelly and the board actually had some pretty strong views, and uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to her about why she opted for an insider, but... Um, yeah. You know, we wish them well, and we certainly have to fix the problem. So, well, after eleven years serving as a superintendent of schools, quite frankly, she should uh, resign and disappear, and let a new broom sweep clean, and uh, her influence is going to be felt here for the next five months. And uh, if you're looking for change, that's not going to help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it comes back to that old adage: adage uh, elections have consequences, and there are a lot of people. You know, particularly on uh, on the left and those that bought uh, a lot of the propaganda, who, who feel she was uh, her leaving this way was not um, the best way to, to acknowledge her contributions. But 
again, uh, the whole focus of this new school board has to be on fixing the quality of uh, education here in Florida and getting us on track for a classical education, improving the grades of of kids at every level, uh, implementing a solid phonics program. I mean, I said it earlier, but only 25% of our third graders can read at a proficiency level. Yeah. Uh, and so th- that phonics program, uh, starting in, in kindergarten, uh, is absolutely critical to, to, to start to make the changes needed to help the kids. Absolutely. Keith, before I let you go, I know you've got a, a, an event coming up in March. Maybe you could tell us uh, about it. Yeah, it's a big event with uh, Newt Gingrich. Uh, it's March 8th at the... Uh, Ritz at Tiburon, and uh, uh, we're we're really excited to have uh, uh, Newt join us. Uh, he he's been a big supporter of of the education movement that's taking place across the country. Uh, his wife has actually written some recent children's books, mm-hmm. and so um, I think he'll be a great. I've heard uh, Newt speak, and it, you know it's one of those cases where it, it, I mean he just comes across so solid. You can hear a pin drop in a room when he's speaking. So, yeah. uh, we're excited to have him, and uh, we got our work cut out for us to make that a successful event because it is our big fundraiser for the year. Uh, we do have a special Christmas, uh, you know, through Christmas uh, um, sale on the tickets. Uh, um, they are five hundred bucks a pop, but you get uh, a ten percent discount if you if you buy for yourself and your spouse before. Um, and before, or right up to Christmas. So. Uh, absolutely. A great, a great organization. Even if you can't go make a contribution, uh, certainly the, I think uh, Keith and Pastor Rick just uh, squeeze every farthing going through the till. They certainly make sure they get value, and it's a terrific organization. GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend for you and your listeners. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, I'm going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. Well, the Cato Institute is a think tank. We're in Washington, D.C., and we, uh, unlike most of Washington, D.C., we're neither Republican nor conservative nor uh, of the left or Democrat. We are a libertarian think tank, which means we want to expand human freedom in all areas of human endeavor. Uh, and that means that Republicans agree with it sometimes, Democrats agree with it sometimes, but we take a consistent stand in favor of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Great organization. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. So, Michael, you're in an area where there's been a lot of government intervention, a lot of government control over what's happening in healthcare, And I know that uh, there's been a push to somehow reduce the price of drugs here in the United States. I was wondering if you had seen any progress or what's happening. So this is a hot topic in Washington, D.C. Congress passed legislation that tried to reduce the prices that Medicare pays for prescription drugs. I have my doubts about whether that strategy can work because the uh, pharmaceutical industry does such a good job of capturing any sort of uh, uh, rules that the government makes about uh, uh, drug pricing, whether it's in the Medicare program, the Medicaid program, or what have you. But there is this interesting development that's happening at the state level uh, that doesn't rely on government to lower the prices of drugs, but relies on markets and market competition. And what uh, what's happening is uh, a number of states have asked the federal government to get out of the way and let them purchase prescription drugs from Canada and possibly other countries. Florida is one of these states. Colorado is the most recent one. It's asked the federal government to get out of the way. And getting out of the way, letting uh, 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 states purchase drugs from other countries where the prices are lower could lower the prices that, uh, that U.S. residents pay for these drugs and maybe in the long run, shift uh, drug pricing so much that the United States is no longer providing the world the huge subsidy that it does in, in subsidizing research and development. More countries around the world would bear what you, you might call their fair share of those research and development costs. 
So just to look at it from the other side, though, it'll probably uh, drive down as we see prices go uh, down. It'll probably drive down the profitability, therefore the incentive for drug companies to develop uh, new, new, uh, well, innovations in in uh, in uh, things that uh, help healthcare. And it'll also probably drive up the prices inevitably in, in Canadian drugs, don't you think? So, so what's going to be the impact of this long term? Two really uh, smart concerns there, Bob. And the first one is, you know, there's there's something to that. If the prices that we pay for drugs fall, then uh, the profits uh, for the, uh, the drug makers are going to fall. They're going to have less incentive and less money to invest in innovate in new drugs, in new cures. But uh, a couple things about that. Uh, one, you don't want to invest 100% of, uh, of the economy, 100% of US GDP in drug research. We wouldn't have any money left over for food. So there's some balance that we have to strike there. Good point. And there's no reason to think that the that current drug, drug prices strike the proper balance. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that we get uh, a lot of inefficient uh, research development and drug innovation where drug manufacturers are able to capture more value than they create because the government subsidizes drugs and drugs drug consumption so heavily. That's number one. And number two, yes, drug prices may rise in countries like Canada if we allow free trade across borders uh, like this. However, that's to the good, because right now, uh, a lot of Canadians like their socialized health care system because they're not having to pay the full cost of that system. Uh, U.S. taxpayers are picking up a lot of the costs in the sense that we are paying higher drug prices that cover the research and development costs of a lot of drugs that are cheaper in Canada, uh, and therefore uh, we're making uh, Canada's socialized medicine system and other system, similar systems around the world uh, look cheaper than, uh, than they actually are because you know, U.S. taxpayers are picking up part of the cost. Kind of unbelievable. I have a, a friend who's uh, getting treatment for cancer, and he's doing fine. But the uh, tram uh, cancer treatment itself is, I think, $50,000 per session. And he goes uh, once a month, if I'm not mistaken. But I think you get the idea here. In other words, the costs are so exorbitant. I don't know how they could possibly even make that kind of a, a charge. And it's, you know, Medicare, medicine, the, uh, you know, we're paying for it. I have a relative who's, uh, uh, who needs a drug that costs $225,000 per year. Wow. And these uh, drug prices are uh, so high in the United States because the government has done so much to subsidize medical care, to uh, anesthetize consumers from the cost of care so that they don't care about uh, drug prices uh, as much as they should. And the pharmaceutical companies do a great job of gaming those two dynamics, the subsidies yeah. the government provides and the cost unconsciousness of consumers. And the way they do it is by jacking up prices as much as they can without uh, without and. Uh, uh, without ending up on the front page of the newspaper. If that happens, they probably set the prices too high and then they lower them so that they can take the heat off. Uh, but the way to deal with these problems is not the strategy that Congress adopted uh, in the Inflation Reduction Act, which is government price setting or government management of 
of, of prices. Uh, the, the key to getting those prices down is competition. Yeah. And that's what states like Florida and Colorado are trying to pursue. And really, Congress should just get out in front of this and remove the barriers to trade that it imposes between, uh, between the United States and other countries when it comes to prescription drugs. Well said, Michael. I mean, obviously, whatever we can do to move the needle towards competition, free markets right now in healthcare, I think is going to be a, go a long way towards reducing costs and making the system better for all of us. So again, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, CATO.org is the website. Michael, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Thank Take you care. so much. You as well. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. We exist to reduce the size, soap, and fear of influence of government. Now we're doing it as a rear guard action from overseas. <laughs> yeah. Seton uh, moved to uh, Belize, uh, which has got an interesting move. 
And uh, of course, in our last interview, we had difficulty connecting. Now we did. We've solved the problem. Uh, any comments at all about your journey and your decision to move to Belize? It's it's beautiful down here, of course, and it's English speaking. And it was a British colony till 1981. Uh, my joke is between. The U.S. and Belize, only one has English as its official language, and it ain't the U.S. <laughs> um, and it's it's a lot of the day-to-day crap that we just get so inundated with doesn't exist. For example, let's play Belize Jeopardy. The answer is zero. The question is, how many Belizeans think men can get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's, you know, it's, it's, there's, there, you know, there's a lot of Mayans, you know, Mexican or uh, Hispanics. There's, there's a good portion of uh, Garifuna is what they're called. I live in Placencia, which is a little peninsula on the southern part of um, Belize. And there's Garifuna, which is Caribbean blacks. It's uh, Jamaicans and, and, um, and, and Haitians. And somehow Creole won out over Patois. So they'll be speaking Creole to each other and then turn to you and speak perfect English. And the Mayans will be speaking Spanish to each other and then turn to you and speak perfect English. And so I'm, I'm, I'm the only person down here who speaks one language. And nobody cares about race or gender. or There's none of that ideological idiocy that the, the Marxists are using to destroy our country. It's just, it's, it's like, it's it's just nice. It's just people, they can't afford to be that stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? We still, the U.S. still can. So it's a very nice break. For, it's, it's, it's nice to get out from under all of that. And once you do that, you know, America's the best country. Once you get out from under that day-to-day idiocy, it's really eye-opening how big the rest of the planet is. And refreshing, I'm sure. Are the uh, uh, are the people? I'll use the word gentle, nice, kind. Uh, any comments about the population? Yeah, there's a, there's a, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a it, there's a there's a double dynamic going on. In in a way, they're happy that we're coming down and and bringing money and you know improving life. But you know they obviously it's just like anything else. There, there's some there's some underlying resentment that they you know they didn't do it you know what i mean they wanted yeah. to live the way they were living it's 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 kind of like what i would imagine what was happening when the, the europe landed in america in the first place right like hey things are getting better but you know we don't necessarily want it to get better yeah <laughs> or something like that yeah or things are changing and uh, some of those changes are good but some of them aren't so pleasant so. well the people that come down here don't want to turn it into, you know, Cancun. Right. You know, there's a part of Belize called Ambergris Cay. There's about a hundred islands off the coast, and the big one, the, 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 the Ambergris Cay is a big destination, and that's real touristy. That's like Jimmy Buffett's putting in a Margaritaville village, like uh-huh. where you live, yeah. and you know, that that's going on there. Down here, it's you know, carving into the carving in, into the jungle just enough to put your wa- house on the water, that kind of thing. Well, it's, a, it's a different mindset down here. Well, I just really appreciate you sharing uh, some of those thoughts. I've, I've been to Belize I've, on a cruise ship, but never really toured around a lot. You know, yeah, got, that's uh, up north in Belize City. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. That, there, there's a cruise stop up there. I'm, I'm about 
three and a half hours south of that. Wow. Didn't realize Belize yeah. was that big. So before I let you go. Well, it's not. It's smaller than Delaware, but it's almost all north-south. <laughs> is it really smaller than Delaware? So interesting. Yeah. Or yes, actually, that would make it smaller than Collier County. Uh, that could, yeah, well, yes. Because uh, Collier County is bigger than so, Delaware. With some, with some, with just as many swamps, or some, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, hey, Liz, before I let you go, can you make some comments about a column that you wrote, which I found fascinating information? TPP, multination trade deals are idiotic. Well, yeah, I, I know we, we cut into our time, but basically what I'm, what I always thought was stupid was, is, you know, we see this at the World Trade Organization, we see it at the United Nations for sure. Anytime multiple small countries have an opportunity to gang up on us, they do. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so why voluntarily insert yourselves into more situations where multiple countries can gang up on you? And we have a huge economy. We have trade negotiation of power anytime we sit down, unless we start diluting it when there's four or five or six countries in the mix. Trump did this. He said one-on-one -on -one trade deals. We'll have a trade deal with Japan. We'll have a trade deal with you know Indonesia. We'll have a trade deal. None of this TPP twelve nation. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like Gulliver um, getting tied down by the Lilliputians. Right. You know, it's just thousands and thousands of lines of trade code amongst twelve nations that that hurt us. We have more. What we we, we dilute. And give away our our power with these multilateral deals. Just go in one on one, negotiate with the country you want to negotiate with. And he points out, if they start screwing around, you're not stuck in a twelve person trade deal. If they start screwing around and, and the relationship stops being beneficial, you leave the relationship. Well, the other side too is um, as that stuff happens. In other words, you know, a new product comes out or a new uh, uh, crop, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden they decide to uh, subsidize it or whatever. I mean, it, it's not static; it's dynamic. And the consequences you need to make decisions about that relationship as it's ongoing. That's right, and and uh, yes, you you if 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 they start again, if they start screwing around, you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And if you if you can't reach new terms based on their screwing around, you leave the relationship. And again, it in almost every instance, I think China is the only ex exception, and that's because we made we we created the, you know this is Frankenstein's monster. But outside of China, any one-on-one -on -one negotiation on trade, we have the advantage because they their access to our economy is much more important than ours is to theirs. So well said. I think it's Seton Motley, the founder and president of, of Less Government. I'm going to encourage you to go to lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org, and check out. Again, this column is uh, TPP, multinational trade deals are idiotic, and so it is. Trump was brilliant in, in terms of how he decided to pursue this because you can actually call somebody up on the phone and say, I'm not, I don't like what's happening right now. Can we work Rather this than out? Some, some, some amorphous body saying, hey, Three of the 12 nations in our trade deal are screwing around. Really? Okay, that's good. That's and you're just stuck in in, uh, in neutral because uh, you can't. How do you resolve? That's that's uh, 12 factorial, the problems of trying to get something resolved like that. That's right. You're, yes, it's, it's not even plus one. It's exponential. Exactly. <laughs> Seat Model again, the founder and president of Less Government in Belize. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs>
afternoon for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you'll check out the website and find out more. It's thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of uh, Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's my pleasure, as, uh, as always, on a Thursday morning. Um, and it's good to be here. Hey, well, a couple of uh, things in the news I wanted to talk to you about. And the first is uh, an ethics a decision by the ex- Ethics Commission, I guess, uh, in Florida, about uh, our, our mayor, uh, Teresa Heitman. I wonder if you could make some comments. Well, you know, um, they found probable cause on the, um, on, on the charges that were um, uh, been hanging out there for a couple of years now. Um, from Brian Dye, uh, our former IT guy, and um, they did find probable cause there. But then what coincides with that is the lawsuit that Brian also filed against the city, and now they're talking about settlement in a meeting in January, um, which would be a joke, because that's your money and my money. And uh, I'm curious to see... uh, I know these, he's not going to accept any $25,000 or $30,000 settlement for sure if that was the case. But um, so she, um, yeah, so I think she, she's got her, her foot in at this trip. And uh, she, she made us, uh, a, a, she made a normal uh, Heitman statement that she's going to clear her name. Uh, once again, stating she never said anything about. Um, uh, myself or Kevin Rambos never made any accusations, and uh, 
she's she's uh, um, as good as a lily, uh, you know. So she's going to clear her name, Bob. So we'll wait and see about that. Of course, she's not going to, but it'll be interesting. So yeah, let then, me let me ask, let me ask you a point of question. Yeah. I think I think I heard you say that if there is some sort of financial settlement, it's going to be taxpayer money. Well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. If there's a if there's a settlement, there's um, Brian. You know, he's suing the city on a whistleblower complaint, um, and they settled with them. Uh, it would be um, city's money, taxpayers' money, isn't it? Well, I, yeah. I would, I would assume. Well, uh, I, I don't know why the city would assume liability for somebody who does something in office that's that's uh, inappropriate. Well, you know, they have to represent their elected officials. I, you know, um, we don't know exactly what it is yet anyway, so that'll that'll come down the road uh, relatively yeah. quickly, I'm, I'm sure. But um, because it, it's uh, already slated, you know, there's a, um, it, I mean, it's been filed, and uh, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But then to top it off, um, they yesterday was their last active council day until January 18th, and they're on winter break, uh, which is something I have never in all my years of living here and and been on council and mayor uh, seen before. But they are not in session, um, and I cannot for the life of me understand the rationale. The busiest week of the year, as you and I both know, is that Christmas, New Year's week, we have tourists and people and everything is going on. Um, and um, it's just a, it's a busy time of year, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's season. And um, they're on break. Now, I don't know, so I'm not going to say what the deal was, whether they just flat left her in charge, which is a scary thought or not. But um, at least the city manager will be there and the staff. But uh I, I can't figure that one out. Well, I, I will say this. When you were mayor, I mean, you were uh, probably every night out on some sort of event to, to help celebrate or the time of the year and so forth. I mean, uh, that, that makes no sense at all. Well, you know, even, even more so. It wasn't even that. That's true. There was always something going on. But the fact was is that I was here, you know, um, especially during that time. I didn't take any ski trips. Um I, I when when I took a break, uh, the couple of times that I did it was in February or March, and it was for a long weekend, three or four days. But yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, um, I I never did this, so I don't know whether she's promised she's going to be here and and uh, you know. So I want I want to be before, before I let you go. I wanted to just uh, get your thoughts on Camel Patton's now decided to sure. quote unquote retire after eleven years. Any thoughts? Yeah, you know. She was going to retire anyway. Um, that that was um, that was um, pretty much understood. But I think she was gonna she was gonna wait it out a little bit um, until the proper time, whenever whatever that date was. But these the new council members just came in and they threw an uh, added an agenda item right at the last minute and um, gave her her walking papers. Uh, she was very gracious about it as she would be. Um, and she got a good deal. I mean, you know, she's kind of she can smile all the way to the bank. Um, yeah. She saw the writing on the wall, and um, the uh, new council members, a uh, new uh, commission members, uh, you know, they wanted to get off to a rousing start. I guess uh, the other word I heard, Bob, before we get off the air. Now, 
I, I can't verify it, but I'm sure it's, it happened. They, they, the county commission was talking about putting some kind of a an ordinance in in that wouldn't let a landlord um, raise rent. You know, would give somebody if you were renting 60 days um, to get out and find new places because you know they're gouging people. Uh, I've, I've got witness to it from right across the street from my house. Uh, we had a, a young couple in there, and they. Um, and they got they got their rent went up so high they had to move. It was unbelievable. Uh. But uh, but one of the new county commissioners uh, absolutely bad mouthed the idea. Said no, it's a person's right to be able to do what he wants to do and whatever. And so the thing failed. So I um, <laughs> I doesn't leave a very good taste in my mouth. Let's put it that way, Bob. Understood, Bill. Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples, always providing us up to date and candid. I've uh, opinions about what's happening here in the state of Florida. I, I really appreciate your commentary, Bill. Well, thanks, Bob. All thanks. Right. You have a great day, Bill. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got some great guests for tomorrow, including uh, Michelle's Corson starting a new website. That has some very interesting information on people who want to borrow money to fund a home. Also, Jack Timon, former uh, vice president of, uh, of uh, uh, GE, or I've got it wrong. That's the, I'm operating from memory. I apologize. But he's just written a book. And he was a formerly a, a guest on the show all the time. We also have Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston of Space Architecture. And William Yateman, he is a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. William will be with us as, as well. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.